It's funny because we've worked so hard to get to Tuesday, and then I believe that she will win. And on Wednesday, (laughs) that's when things get even harder. Welcome back to With Her, Hillary Clinton's official campaign podcast. I'm Max Linsky, and my guest today is Jennifer Palmieri, Hillary's communications director. Jen came to the campaign from the White House, and we talked about why she made that switch, some of the hardest moments she's faced since she did, and what it's like to become friends with your boss. You've been in Democratic politics for a while, and from the outside, it just feels like the stakes are higher right now than they've ever felt. They are. And I knew that this election would be hard because everything that hangs around Hillary Clinton is hard. And we should talk more about that. But I also, and basically we're going for a third term, Um, you know, a third term for the Democratic Party. That's really hard. But I didn't imagine that what we would have is this roiling to the surface of all of these tensions. And, you know, I'm an optimist person. I choose to think that what this election is going to be, the election itself will be a unifying act. People think this campaign has been very divisive. Donald Trump is very divisive. But I think that what, what we have seen in after the debates in particular, and it's been really inspiring. It makes me feel so much better about the future of the country. We saw our crowds really grow. And when Hillary Clinton would walk on the stage, people would go crazy in a way that they hadn't done before. And you could feel, to me, it felt that it wasn't about her. It was, I want to do whatever I can to support this woman that's taking that guy on and has the courage to do it. But also, I think, a sense that people if they were politically in, in a in a stupor and not wanting to engage, wake up and say, I have to I have to affirm what this country is about. I have to stand up and say, I believe in our core American values, inclusivity, diversity is a strength, equality, opportunity. And I have to and it is on me to do that. And I felt not it felt to me that these people weren't seeing that as a burden or a duty, but empowering. Do you think that the debates changed the way that people relate to her? Because, I mean, over and over again on this podcast, and as I've talked to people in the campaign, like a thing that people say to describe her is that she's the least known, known person. Right. And it does feel to me like just anecdotally, there's been more enthusiasm about her since those debates. Yeah. Yeah. or, or sort of rolling from those debates. Does that sound right to you? Do you think that people connected with her? I think it? that, first of all, just as a tactical matter, it, me- it meant you saw her for 90 minutes unfiltered. So you saw her for 90 minutes straight without a commentator telling you what to think about her. That is a very big deal. And that we also experienced that in the primary debates. That was really helpful. And then I always thought when we realized that Trump was going to be our opponent, I always thought... A fight with Donald Trump, a general election with Donald Trump is going to reveal her best qualities. So, and I see that as somebody who is relatively plain spoken. And she did that one speech in San Diego about him as a commander in chief. And she was very plain spoken there, just repeated his words back. But it is, she speaks with clarity and courage. And I think I knew that if she's on the debate stage with him, that was what was going to come through. Can we talk for a second about your old boss? 
Oh, yeah. Well, specifically um, why you left that job. You were the director of communications at the White House. Right. Why leave that job? Like that, that, it, I th- that's, yeah. that's a fun job. It's yeah. a job that people work for a long time to get. Right. Why, why leave yeah. for a campaign? And a campaign that with a, with a candidate that you know is going to bring some challenge. That's going to be hard. You know, the people that do what I do for a living are in it because you want to make sure you're advancing the ball. And I knew that, I didn't know Hillary as well as I do now, but I loved her. Um, and I knew that she, I knew that this was going to be hard. I knew it would be hard. And I felt that I was probably uniquely experienced to do it. Uh, not why, why necessarily more experienced than other people, but I just had a certain set of experiences that uh, probably made me a good fit for this cycle. <laughs> well, <laughs> what were those? <laughs> uh, those were having worked for her husband for eight years. So that I saw, you know, in the eight years of the Clinton White House, you saw a lot. And I learned some, uh, I learned some rules of politics. Like nothing's ever as good or as bad as it seems. <laughs> this too shall pass. So there was the Clinton experience and then obviously an Obama experience. So I was fresh in terms of changing media environment. And then also I was very close friends with Elizabeth Edwards. And I knew that. So I had an Elizabeth and Hillary, different people, but same age, a lot of the same experiences. Obviously, Elizabeth had a very difficult time. And um, I helped her, you know, manage that. She was a really good friend. And I thought that combination of experiences probably made me pretty armored <laughs> for for this job. And it was important to do. It's really important to do whatever you can to get over the finish line. So my colleagues at the White House were at the Obama White House were pretty <laughs> eventually pretty supportive, understanding that's what he wanted. That's what President Obama wanted. He really wanted Hillary to succeed him, and that was best for the overall cause. Was it a hard choice for you? <laughs> Not really. I thought that the, you know, you just know everything that he has done is going to be on the line and you got to be looking forward. You got to be looking over the horizon at the, at the next thing. And I really liked the team of people that was, she was going to bring with her. And I thought I'd seen hard times. I thought Clinton White House was hard. I thought the Obama White House, we certainly went through, you know, we had a health care website didn't work as well as it could have as you may have heard Ebola um, you know there for the advent of ISIS and government shutdowns and just really hard things but this is definitely far and away the hardest thing I've ever been through tell me why well I think that there is I'll tell you one thing I think I learned about myself I thought that prior to this I thought well I'm well-suited for this job because I can sort of predict and shape where a narrative is going to go or what may happen or, you know, put put the campaign message or communications-wise in a certain course, and I learned that that is 100% false. But <laughs> I am very well-suited to handle whatever it is that does happen. <laughs> so... <laughs> so, <laughs> Which, so that's a so I come out of this with a much more realistic sense of what I can do, and uh, there were definitely moments where you know I felt my dad is uh, was in the Navy for a long time was a submariner, and I imagine a lot of times 
like in a submarine movie where you're just kind of having to hang below the surface and hide and hope the horrible destroyer just passes over you, <laughs> crouched down. And there were a lot of moments where I was like, okay, we're just going to do this, you guys, and we're going to get through it and, and just yeah, crouch down and wait for the destroyer to pass overhead. And fortunately, that happened enough. So... What was the hardest moment? What's what's been the hardest moment for you? What when did your when did your submarine get hit by a destroyer? <laughs> See, well, fortunately, it seems knock on some wood. It seems like that it's not going to succeed in ever blowing it up. We're running against Bernie Sanders, who is a candidate that's very well suited for this cycle. Obviously, if you look at candidates that emerged on either, on the Republican side and the Democrat side, this was a year for outsiders. This is a year where a candidate that's been in public life, that's been in politics for 40 years, like Hillary Clinton has, shouldn't be doing well. And Senator Sanders is very committed, talented, um, focused, and I think he's a very hard person for us to run against because there's not a lot that they disagree on. You don't want to be attacking him. We were definitely fighting that with one arm time behind our back. So that was the summer that the email story really... Department of Justice said that they were um, uh, doing their review of it and that just, and it was, we had nothing to push off against. So it's just constant incoming. And playing defense all the time. Playing defense all the time and also no, no ability to control the story. Right. You couldn't, it was all that emails was all outside of our control. That was right. very hard. And and part of what seems so hard from it from the outside is that story's complicated like there's nuance there's oh my god technological nuance and all sorts of other stuff and it it seems like it's been so hard to tell that story it is and it's it's outside of your control it's complicated it's easily misrepresented and um you know i have like i have a lot of empathy for sports figures and how <laughs> They're treated in the news. You know, how everybody, remember how everyone became an expert on inflating footballs? Right. So everyone, it's like the most, most, most ridiculous example, deflate gate. Everyone's, you know, an exam, you know, everyone's an expert on if, well, if you inflate the balls outside, then you can take them inside. It's ridiculous. So everyone became an expert on emails and servers. And, um, and that was, that's hard to combat. It's confusing, it's complicated, and it's easily. Um, and is easily misrepresented. And there's a significant portion of the country who wants to believe that she did something wrong. It's a really hard thing to, it's a very hard thing to, you have to, to you have to appreciate and then to manage, which is uh, facts just don't have the impact that they used to have. And I'm not sure where, what the country eventually does with that. But I, I do think that if it hadn't been emails, it would have been something else. Mm-hmm. It just would have been, um, they, there would have been something else in her life that people would have picked over. That isn't to say she's perfect or she doesn't make mistakes, but uh, it is so, the way, the reaction to her, the attacks on her, the vitriol that people feel about her is so, uh, <laughs> it, can, it doesn't even become close to commensurate with um, the person that she is or what she's done. I heard you say recently that um, she doesn't like to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. I think and, that's a big deal that people don't appreciate. Well, yeah, I, come, I, I was kind of like uh, dumbstruck by that. Yeah, It's like, if you don't like being the center of the attention, you know 
that if you do this, something is going to, something is going to get latched onto. People are going to look everywhere they possibly can. Why do you think she's doing it? I think she believes that she's the best person to lead the country right now. I think that that's what she thought when she made this decision in 2015. It was not, and by the way, I know for a fact that it was a hard decision for her to make to run. I think people have this, you know, Kate McKinnon, uh, who Hillary loves, and she does, she's amazing, but the Kate McKinnon sense of her, caricature sense of her, um, and that she's so driven, she's wanted this her whole life, she's really wanted to be first one president, and I think she had, a, you know, she had, she had trepidation because she knew what it was going to be like, and decided that, there, that given where the other candidates were, she was probably the person that could win, and probably the person that could do the job. But, um, but it was, uh, I think that that was a hard decision. And she knew that people were going to come after her the way that um, that they do. She learned a long time ago how to deal with that. But I think that this was even, you know, this experience was harder than any of us expected. Why do you think this stuff hangs around her? I think that she has been, I think throughout her career, she's been a, or her whole life, she's a baby boomer. She's been a generationally challenging figure. So the first time America had any awareness of her was when she stepped on the stage at Wellesley, her commencement. And the first words out of her mouth, I don't think people can really appreciate this, the first words out of her mouth were to challenge the senator that had introduced her. And she is a young woman, 21, probably 22 at most, a baby boomer, um, you know, in the late 60s and at her commencement, and that's how she is introduced to the national stage. Then the next time we see her, although we don't know if she's the same woman, you know, people didn't realize that for decades more probably, she is the spouse of a candidate, and for the first time, it's someone trying to sell the whole package, two for one, she's got her own career, she's a lawyer, she's a first lady like that, did that. And that was very challenging and threatening, too. And I saw, recently I went back and watched video, watched interviews of her from the 92 campaign, and they would do man-on-the-street interviews, and people would say, you know, there's something about her I just don't like. You know, I just don't trust her. I don't know what it is, but I just don't trust her. And it is, it was such a thunderbolt moment for me, because it's like, it is the exact same thing people say now. So, again, not that she doesn't make mistakes or... Uh, you know, she is a somebody who she's a presidential candidate that doesn't like the spotlight, which I can't imagine. And certainly in modern history, anybody who has. So that makes her probably be more private, uh, more defensive than she should be. But I, I think that people don't appreciate how those two factors combined. Somebody mm-hmm. who's been always been challenging. She has she doesn't have a peer in terms of there's not someone we can look at and compare her to. So she just takes all the slings and people think it's her as opposed to us trying to wrestle with a first woman president or in the 60s, a young woman speaking her mind on the commencement stage or as first lady, a lawyer in that who wanted to take on policy. So she's just always challenged us. And I think that it is, and a lot of it, a lot of, I think, people who attack her or don't like her, I don't even think they're ill-intended. It's just something everybody is wrestling with. No one ever says, even the people who say, I don't like her and I don't trust her, no one ever says she couldn't do the job. That's <laughs> true. 
Ever. Okay. There's n- no one. The critique is never that she's not capable of the work. And that has made me wonder whether there was another woman who could be elected president in this country in 2016. Because anybody else who doesn't have this record, that would be the attack. That was the attack on Obama in 08. I think that's right. And that was, and it, you know, when she started off in 08, people thought she couldn't be commander in chief. That was, that was something that held her back. That's not an issue now. So I don't know that, um, yeah, I think the fact that people have believed she's qualified, that's, that's a remarkable thing. That's a remarkable thing that America has come to terms with. No question that this woman is qualified. Even people who don't like her aren't going to vote for her. They will, no question that she is qualified it's never to the do critique. the job. So that's, you know, that's a lot of progress in and of itself. Have you been able to stay optimistic? I'm very optimistic. I was really worried in August and September that maybe America wasn't the country I thought it was. And that, you know, we had 240 good years. That's what, that's true of a lot of great powers. And maybe we're going to elect Donald Trump. And I think he's a real threat. He wouldn't respect the Constitution. I think it's the most concise way to put the kind of threat that he represents. And I saw after the debates, you realize, nope, that's not who America is. And I think it's going to be good for the country because, People will, they have to take responsibility. And um, we have a lot of new Americans. We have a lot of people who chose to be citizens. I think that's such a powerful concept. And they, um, so I hope the country comes out. I, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic about divisions that will exist and hard feelings that will exist and how hard that's going to be. And that's hard that's going to be for Hillary to tackle. But I do think that. Uh, Americans going to have looked itself in the mirror and said, what kind of country are we? And affirmed these core values. And that's a good process for the country to have gone through. I can't believe how calm you guys are. I'm, I'm nervous for you. I was, I was the most nervous in the spring when I realized Donald Trump was going to be their nominee. And I was really concerned that he may morph into something else that he may convince the American public that he was someone that he was not and had, wasn't sure how we were going to handle that. And that was, that was the most terrifying time for me. So I'm glad you're feeling better. Yeah. Go do some work. Okay, good. Win this thing. Okay. Thank you. I'm Max Linsky, and thanks for listening to With Her, the official podcast of Hillary Clinton's campaign. She's running for president. Tuesday, November 8th is election day. Go to IWillVote.com to figure out how, when, and where you're going to vote. Until then, we're going to have one more episode for you, so stay tuned.